The Insloan podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals, just like me and you, aged 18 and above, monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and, more importantly, more peace of mind. Also, there will be a flash sale during the Father's Day occasion where Cybionics are offering a 15% off discount for all during the 7th of June to the 16th of June. You do not need to be a father to gain the benefit from this discount. And you can find out more on the official website at www.cybionicscgm.com. Now enjoy this episode. This is the Insulone podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, what's the reason you're doing this thing? What's the reason you're on this journey or path or whatever it is? And your reason why with type 1 diabetes is to stay alive. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. And we are (laughs) recording. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Insulone Podcast. Thank you for joining myself and Graham. I've actually just brought myself back up from a relatively low blood sugar. So I was going to ask. You know that that kind of dazed feeling where you're coming back up. But... Energy's here, ready, ready to go. What's happening, Graham? So you, uh, just as we were about to record, maybe five minutes ago, you checked your your bloods and you said you're still not coming up. So you ran out to get a a glucose juice. What did you drink? Uh, it is Lift fast acting glucose shot. So basically, it's just sugary drink, like shot size, nearly no alcohol, unfortunately. And knock that back and brings you up pretty fast, obviously, because if it's a liquid form rather than a solid form, it can get into your bloodstream faster. Your body doesn't have to spend as much time breaking it down or not breaking it down at all. So So. can you feel yourself coming up now? Is there an actual feeling? (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, like if you are low, I wasn't technically low. I just thought that. I may go low on the podcast, so it's probably best to take a little something. But if I was low, yeah, I can definitely feel myself coming <laughs> coming out of a low because it's like my brain is melting and I'm my whole body's melting and I'm in a different world. And then it's like, ah, I'm coming back to reality now. Come here, last week you were chatting to Scott, who is a type 1 diabetic from the UK, he plays football with Chris Bryce, who we had a couple of episodes ago, but he's also a runner. And in there, I found out something about you. I found out that you are going running in a marathon in April. Yeah, I'm kind of raging now that I put that in the podcast. Yeah, I was like, what? Do you, know, do you know what this reminds me of? It's like when my parents hear me talking about something on the radio show I do, and they're like, how come I have to find everything out through the radio show? How come <laughs> yeah. you don't tell me anything anymore? And I'm like, I was listening. I go, Owen didn't tell me he was doing a marathon. How dare he what keep the it? Hell? Yeah, I I suppose 
it's been one of those things where a marathon for me has always been something that, oh, that would be cool to do. Growing up, I was always into sport, always into running. I actually used to sprint a good bit and do two meter, 200 meters and that kind of race. But I, I always thought, oh, yeah, that would be a great experience to do a marathon. And I just feel that the more you say that it would be cool rather than actually just doing something about it, I suppose the more chance <laughs> it, the, the more chance there is going to be of you just not ever doing it. So I said, oh, fuck it. Let's just, let's just get it going. So, yeah, I'm doing one in April. Can't wait. When did you make the decision? When was the moment you go, okay, let's just do it? <laughs> pretty pretty recently to be honest because since the lockdown the gyms have been closed now they're back open again thankfully but as a result of the gyms being closed i was cycling a lot and then i just started running again and at the start i was like oh my god this is impossible i'm i'm a terrible terrible runner i couldn't even run a, a kilometer without being in bits mm. And I was like, nah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stick with this because you feel good after it. You can feel your body loosening up after you go a certain amount of times. And you just yeah, you feel great mentally, clears the head when you're running. So I've just gone more and more and more and more and more, faster, faster, faster. Now I'm only up to about 10k at the moment, but I'm doing that quite easily and really enjoying it. So it was just after one of my runs, I think I think I'd only done about two k, and after it, it just felt class, mm. and I was like, "Fuck it, let's let's just do a marathon." So this is a question coming from a man who knows very little about building muscle and running and stuff. But are you because you're known for your physique and your muscle definition? Are you worried that you're going to lose weight and muscle by running so much? I would. I'm almost expecting to. Yeah, but. Like inevitably, the more you run and the more exercise that you do, the more calories that you're burning. And obviously, if you're burning more calories than you're eating, you're going to be losing weight and potentially losing muscle at the same time. So, yes, I probably will lose a bit of weight, a bit of muscle, but I don't really mind, to be honest. I'm going to stay consistent with the type of workouts that I do. I still go to the gym, I suppose, what, five, six days a week and do my regular workouts in terms of muscle building and all that kind of stuff but then run after you're going to be burning so many calories <laughs> oh my god i know i know but usually look, people do one or the other but you're going to do both yeah well look I, <laughs> i've been doing both for the past couple of months and feel great i just am eating so yeah. much food i eat and i'm sure you know like i just eat mm. a lot of food so I suppose, I suppose that's an, more of an incentive for me now to justify the fact that I'm eating so much food. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. I will probably be in bits doing it. But no better time than now. Why not? Just get it done. Four months out. And then it's on to the ultra marathons. Uh, no mess. No. <laughs> okay, so less about ultra marathons. Let's move on to this week's episode. We're talking about, well, actually, it kind of goes into what we were talking about. Stay exactly. motivated and discipline. Owen, where are we going to begin with this? Yeah, look, I think we're, we're a few days out from the new year. And the new year is always that time of year where people are like, I am going to make a change this year. I am going to do that thing that 
I always wanted to do, but always put it off, or I am going to get in the best shape of my life, or I am going to start the side business that I wanted to start, whatever it may be. And not that it has to be at the start of the new year, but that in itself is a good incentive because it kind of gives you that push of, right, Mm. new calendar year, let's go. What do I need to do? Let's make it happen. It's a little bit of a reset. Exactly, yeah. And and particularly after the festive season because there's a lot of food, there's a lot of drinking, a lot of going out. And it's something to kind of, yeah, reset, get you on the track that you want to continue with into the new year. So I suppose I wanted to start by going into like what motivation was or <clears throat> or what it is to me. But then I thought, what is motivation to you, Graeme? Because you are obviously a successful radio presenter in Ireland. You produce the most successful diabetic podcast in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you stay disciplined, you stay consistent, and you are always somebody who has worked very hard with the things that they want to do. So what is motivation to you? Uh, well, i got to say, I wasn't expecting this. When you said we'll have a normal conversation, Graham, I wasn't expecting it to be turned on me. <laughs> what is motivation to me? I suppose motivation to me from since my late teens, early 20s, I was always motivated. And I think it came out of a, a fear of kind of failure because I was going into an industry where which was so unpredictable and there was no real route into trying to become a radio presenter. So I think at the beginning, it was the fear of failure because no one in my house put any like pressure on me. But it was that fear of failure and not being able to do what I really wanted to do and the fear of like, oh, I might have to work a job that I don't want to do. That kind of kept me motivated. And once I got one job, like I got the radio gig, then I was like, well, how do I do another thing and another thing? So really the motivation for me is just to keep on improving myself. And when I get to one part of my life, so in my head, I always wanted to win a radio award for like any show that I did. And once I won that radio award, I was like, didn't want to rest on my laurels. I said, right, how can I make that show better? And how can I improve myself? I don't want to go backwards. So I was like, right, just get up that five minutes earlier, get in five minutes earlier, try and do stay f- half an hour later, just keep on improving and improving. Because the worst thing that I ever would want is for somebody to say, oh, he's resting on his laurels now because, you know, he won that award that he was always talking about. And that's why I think me and you get on very well because we're both very motivated. And it's why... About this time last year, I think we had this, well, this time last year, you came back from America and you were talking about diabetes and your experience over there. And it kind of clicked something in my brain because I always wanted to do a podcast with somebody that, you know, we started from the ground up that wasn't got to do with my radio career. Um, So that was kind of the next project. And then a documentary now I'm in the process of doing. So it's always just kind of having something in front of you, keep on doing it. And that kind of keeps me motivated to kind of keep bettering myself. Yeah, I think the key word there, well, key words are improving myself. Mm. And that's that goes hand in hand with just being ambitious or being motivated to do something. And I don't want to get get too much on the motivational quotes, but I think Tony, you know, Tony Robbins. Yeah. That, yeah. So he said, progress is happiness. So it's like if you're sitting still and you're not doing anything, or you're not improving yourself, or you're not growing personally, then you can't be happy because you're static in what you're doing. 
Whereas if you're always looking for the next thing in terms of how can I learn more? How can I be more? How can I, whatever it may be. Mm. And it's also important as well that there you can slip into a place where you get to a point in your career, I'm just using radio, for example, it could be anything. It could be in your career in marketing. It could be your career owner running like diabetes and helping people better their lives. It's important as well to enjoy the moment as well, because it's very easy to kind of keep your eye off what you're doing right now. And I can think, oh, well, I'm on a, a, a city radio station. I want to get to a national radio station. And obviously that is the goal. And I know if I get there, I will be improving myself in my career. But you also got to stay focused in the moment as well and focused on the, the the now and also enjoying it as well. Because there was a time where all I wanted to do was get the next job and get the next job and get the next job. And even though that is good and that's the goal, I wasn't enjoying the actual moment as well. So I think that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and well, recently I've been listening to a lot of sto- stoicism podcasts and reading a lot of stoic books. What's stoic? It's all about- stoicism is kind Stoic- of like, stoicism yeah so as in like oh, i don't even know how to describe what is it like so much of the philosophy around it is being present and being happy with what's around you and again not looking into the past too much not looking into the future too much and enjoying the time that is now you know that way yeah oh absolutely um, and that's that's the thing because it's like you can get into a cycle where you're always chasing something and then if you are doing that, then a byproduct of that is you're not enjoying the moment at all because you're never going to be happy because you're always chasing something. So you just have to find a nice balance. And I think I have it now at this stage where I'm enjoying the moment, keeping the eye on the future as well of what can we keep on doing into 2021 to kind of keep myself ticking over and keep myself happy as well. Because I think that's a very good way of putting it improving yourself is making yourself happy because you're happy in yourself with the products that you're putting out there and you're happy with yourself and how your life is going and if you get bored and if you're not really advancing yourself you can easily get into a slump so i definitely think that's a Mm. really good mindset as well if if you're improving yourself you're also keeping yourself happy Mm. so how do we for for people listening how do we link this to motivation to look after your diabetes because that's obviously why we're here for and what we're here for and i think i've broken the types of motivation down into four categories that can be and that are applicable to diabetes management so it's rewards or incentives yeah fear of consequences achievement or as we've spoken about just now personal growth so motivation it's almost like it's that spark motivation isn't a consistent thing you know you you can listen to a song and you can feel motivated you could listen to a podcast and you could feel motivated or read a book or have a meeting with somebody or listen to a speech and you know what i feel of you're kind of like oh this is unreal and you have that real that urge to get up and do something that's that motivation that's that spark And then what makes that effective is your discipline to stay consistent. And that is just diabetes in one. Because whether you like it or not, your diabetes is going nowhere. And how you treat it, how you view it, how you manage it 
will directly determine your quality of life. But what would you say to somebody? Because I understand that for me, me, a person who isn't diabetic, someday I'm not feeling motivated. I just don't feel motivated. But for a diabetic, if they wake up in the morning, they could have a low and their whole body is kind of going against them. Where I, I'm fit, I'm healthy, I don't have diabetes, and it's just kind of my mind like, oh, it's having an off day. But for you, Owen, or somebody else, how can you get over that slump considering your body is going against you? You there, just before you're about to do a podcast, you felt yourself going low. You had to go out, you had to take a glucose juice shot to get you up again. So if your whole body is telling you, oh, just not today, come on, just just leave it off. How can you then stay motivated? Yeah, it's a perfect question. And I think that's that's the difficult side of diabetes because if you're not diabetic and you don't stay consistent or you don't stay disciplined, there aren't really any physical consequences. You may not lose the weight that you want to lose, or you may not do the type of work that you want to do or read the books that you want to do, whatever it may be. Whereas if you are diabetic, if you don't stay disciplined, if you don't stay consistent, there are substantial physical consequences. And as we all know, damage to your eyes, your your limbs, your nerves, your kidneys your heart whatever it may be so that's why it's so important but going back to your question on the days where where you're like fuck this or you feel awful and it feels as if everything is going against how you want to manage your blood sugars because like we've spoken about before there are 42 confirmed factors that can affect your blood sugar but that's not 42 factors that we can control But what we can control is what we can control. And that's why it's so important that you work hard to control them. So the food we eat, the exercise we do or don't do, the sleep we get or don't get. But on days where you're feeling like you just want to throw your hat at it, you can throw your hat at it for a day or so or a week. We can have off weeks and these kind of things, but it's important to reset and get back to what you need to do because I think so much of living with diabetes is understanding that it's not always going to be perfect and I've probably said it a million times on this podcast I am somebody who takes pride in their diabetes management I really look after my diabetes I work really hard to manage it that doesn't mean that everything goes perfectly all the time so Because I'm aware of the fact that inevitably, no matter what I do, I'm going to have shit days. It's easier to accept those shit days. They're not a massive surprise. So just like when I was just about to have a low blood sugar before the podcast, I'm not like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, why, why is this happening to me? Like, this is awful. Yeah, Like, it's not ideal, but I have to manage it. So... It's just about analyzing the good days and the bad days, understanding that they both occur and realizing that there will be more good days than bad days. But again, that just comes down to us, essentially. Accepting it to be a big thing. Yeah, big time. And look, it's, it's not our fault that we have type 1 diabetes. Like, It's an autoimmune disease. I've said it a million times before. You either get it or you don't. I was very, very fit. 
very active. I still got it. So it's not like I caused this thing, but unfortunately now I do have it. So it's my responsibility to look after it. And I think that's that's a big part of staying motivated, staying disciplined, staying consistent with your diabetes management is realizing that nobody's coming to save you with this thing. And it's almost a harsh reality sometimes when I think about it. It's like, yes, I have family and friends that love me and want the best for me. But at the end of the day, it's my responsibility, whether I like it or not. And that's what every diabetic needs to realize. And that's not me thinking like, oh, just just get a grip of it. It's not that. It's just realizing that this is on us. In the first year or so when you were diagnosed, or not even the first year, when you were diagnosed, was there a moment where you were fighting it and then you accepted it? To be honest, no. I, I It kind of just clicked with me straight away. And I've said that plenty of times before that I feel I was at that age where I was old enough to understand the severity of it. So I didn't need to go through that phase of denying it or keeping it a secret or neglecting it. I just knew that this is pretty important, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think a big thing for people to, and going back to the types of motivation, it's like the rewards or incentives. It's you want to get something. So I want to have a better quality of life. The fear of consequences, that's probably the biggest one. And one of my biggest motivations, to be honest, because the reality of living with type 1 diabetes is consequences can and will occur if I don't manage this thing as I need to. And it can be a beauty and a curse at the same time to realize how long-term those consequences may be because it's, let's call it an invisible disease. Because it's an invisible disease, that's almost a reason for me to avoid treating it seriously each day. And the thought of going blind in 10 or 15 years or losing my toes or my feet in 10 or 15 years, it can almost feel too long-term for people. Mm. and it's like ah i'll worry about that later i'll worry about that again so imagine this imagine if someone was to come to you today and say graham next week you are gonna have damage to the capillaries in your eyes and over the next few weeks you're gonna start slowly but surely losing your eyesight or the circulation to your feet and your toes is going to be affected and you might start losing your toes or you might start losing your feet, whatever it is. You would do every single thing in your power to avoid that happening. You would exercise every day. You would eat the foods that you already know you should eat. You would sleep as much as you should sleep. But because with type 1 diabetes, often the the complications or the consequences, let's call them, are so long-term, it can be that thought of, ah, I'll worry about that tomorrow. I'll worry about that next week. Or I'll worry about that next year. And then, boom, 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 creeps up. 
Do you know what it reminds me of? A little bit. Climate oh. change. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? All yeah, these world exactly. leaders going, uh, well, now, thankfully, we're, we're trying to turn it. But for a while there, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, but it's not our problem right now. We'll keep on, you know, we don't need to use recycle. We don't need to do this. We don't need to do that. It'll be fine. And then slowly but surely, slowly but surely, someday we're all going to be screwed. But this conversation kind of takes my mind back to last week's episode when you and Scott were talking about being diagnosed and when you were both told that, oh, we're looking like there'll be a cure in five to 10 years. Do you think that's kind of uh, counterproductive? Because then people, when they're diagnosed, think, oh, well, this is only a short-term thing. Soon enough, there'll be a cure and I won't have diabetes anymore. And that won't kind of keep you as focused. Whereas if they nearly said, look, this is there's no cure in sight. There probably isn't going to be a cure. And we're more blunt. People would kind of more focus and say, okay, I got to take care of this here and now, because if I don't, there is no cure. Yeah, it's absolutely counterproductive, as you say. It's it's almost filling you with hope in a relatively short space of time. And therefore, that can affect how much, well, how seriously you treat it day to day. But I think... Well, I suppose maybe as well, you have to soften the blow if someone's just been told they're type 1 diabetic. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to be given some yeah. sort of hope. And like, I understand <laughs> that I'm not taking it away from the people who say, well, you never know in five to 10 years, because who knows? I don't know. You obviously have a better insight there. Maybe there is, maybe there's not. But I'm just thinking, if it was more blunt from day one, like you were told and Scott were told, maybe if there's other people around the world who've been told, you know what, there's going to be a cure, fingers crossed, ten, five to 10 years. People's like, oh, well, you know, I'll keep living my life the way I do. I'll kind of, I'll deal with the bad days. It'll be eventually get cured. Yeah, it's 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 a classic example of just filling people with false hope. It's, oh, I can't see a cure coming anytime soon. And look, I don't want this, this episode to sound morbid at all. Mm. Like the, the reason that I wanted to outline some of these issues is the fact that like I want people to realize that you are 100% in control of this thing. And if you were to say to me, if we were to fast forward 30 years and I'm still type one diabetic, if if I'm still around and I had issues with my eyes or I had issues with my feet or kidneys, whatever it may be, I would know that essentially that is as a result of my own management. And like I was just saying about being told next week, you might have issues with your eyes. So therefore, this week has to be perfect. I don't expect anyone's week to be perfect. I don't expect my own week to be perfect. But I treat my diabetes management as if it's like that. Because if I keep saying tomorrow, 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 it's going to creep up pretty fast. And the damage is already done. And once the damage is done with diabetes, it can't be reversed. So your health... That does sound pretty morbid. Yeah, but look, <laughs> your health is your motivation. Yeah. If you can't get motivated, you've got to think about your health and the, the consequences, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's something that I hear all the time. Like, if I'm listening to podcasts or whatever it may be, and people talk about motivation and discipline and consistency... And a word that always pops up is why. And it's like, what is your why? What's the reason you're doing this thing? What's the reason you're on this journey or path or whatever it is? 
And your reason why with type 1 diabetes is to stay alive. My reason every single day, my why every single day is A, stay alive. B, do everything I can in my power to avoid those long-term complications because it is in my power. I'm a big believer in not letting diabetes determine what it is I do. Diabetes doesn't affect my happiness at all. I live a great life. I'm very happy, as you know, Graham. But as much as it shouldn't determine what it is we do, you also need to realize that, look, unfortunately, I do have type 1 diabetes. So I may not be able to do certain things as often as I would like. It's just about making different decisions, more beneficial decisions, not feeling sorry for yourself, but also understanding how serious this actually can be. And I think for people going into the new year, it's important that, look, even if you've had diabetes for five years, 10 years, 20 years, and you're set in your ways of, this is what my blood sugar is at. I'm used to my blood sugar being this height, or this is what I've always eaten, and my blood sugar has been this high, or my A1C has been this high. Go into this new year and fully, fully believe, because I fully, fully believe that you can easily make better decisions, make, make different adjustments to benefit your diabetes. It doesn't have to be perfect. It can be something small. If someone is listening right now and they're thinking, they're getting motivated, they're getting inspired by it, what one thing would you say to start with if maybe they've neglected their diabetes management for a few months, maybe a couple of years? One small thing to kind of get them going. Do one thing every morning consistently that you enjoy. Because if you start your day with something that you enjoy, that you can do every day, it starts your day right. It starts, it starts you in a good mood. You feel as if you've already achieved something because you're, you've been consistent with it through the whole week. And that in itself just plays into your diabetes management. Are you saying some sort of exercise or... It doesn't a, even a have to be. ...or something like that? It could be get up and read 20 minutes of a book. It could be get up and call a friend for 20 minutes. Something minute in your day that will make you feel good, that will be easy to do that you'll enjoy so you can do it every day and then that's something that you wake up looking forward to so even if you wake up and your blood sugars are not as you would like you can say well i'm reading 20 minutes of this book or i am gonna i don't know meditate for 10 minutes or go for a run or call a friend you do that every day sets you up nicely because puts you in a good mood when your mood changes with diabetes your physical management can change too because if you're pissed off, the last thing you want, you want to do is be checking your blood sugars and taking your insulin and watching the type of food that you eat. So I think start your day with something small that you enjoy. 
Like, even an example of it is the first like three and a half hours of my day are for me. And it's probably too long, but my, my <laughs> probably definitely too, too long. Too long time. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like I have a nice morning routine that I stick to and that I really enjoy. So when I get out of bed early in the morning, it's not a chore because the first thing that I do, I look forward to. And then it puts you in a good mood, sets you up nicely for the day. And you're, it, yeah, you're, you're just in better form to tackle your day and tackle your diabetes throughout your day. I have an idea. If people are listening to this now and they're thinking about implementing doing one thing when you wake up every day for a week, why don't you do it for a week and then give us an email on the podcast at gmail.com and tell us what that one thing is if you did it for a week. So what are we now? We are Wednesday, the 30th of December. Hold on. Let's not lie to the people at home. Then. <laughs> We're recording this in advance. We are this recording. I'm, I'm googling the calendar. I was like, what day are we supposed to be releasing? This We're day? not going to lie to the people at home, Graham. <laughs> now, what day is today? The fifteenth. The fifteenth. But forget about that. We're at, in real life. We're releasing this on the on the thirtieth, and people aren't probably going to be listening this on the thirtieth. They could be listening on thirty first or the first. So whatever from whatever date you are listening to this, you could be listening to this in February or March. Forget that it's not the turn of the new year. You don't need the turn of a date to get motivated. Do something for a week and then give us an email, theinsulonepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what that is and tell us what, uh, and if you did it for the seven days and how you felt afterwards. And let's see, can we get a few people going and read them out on the email? And hopefully then that will inspire other people to do it. And then who knows, could be a snowball effect in making 2021 a great year for motivation. I love that idea, Graham. Let's do it. Good one. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely do that. If you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, oh, that would be a cool idea. Use that thought of that would be a cool idea to make yourself do it for the next week. Just like we were talking about, don't let that motivation of listening to a song or a podcast or a speech or talking to somebody fade because it so easily fades. You know yourself. And get creative as well. Like, mm. could be anything. As Owen said, anything. it doesn't have to be exercise. It can be exercise. You could start the day with 10 push-ups or something like that. You May- could get up and draw, draw a picture for 10 minutes. Draw a picture, sing a song. I don't know. Do anything. One of my friends Throw recently... stones at your neighbor's window. Yeah, do that. He could get in <laughs> trouble after the second day. <laughs> <laughs> Two days in a row, he's throwing stones in that window. Yeah. One of no my windows left. One of my friends in work, started, he started doing 60 push-ups in his shower every morning. How big is a shower? He's got one of those ones where there's no, uh, it's open floor. Yeah. So there's no tray. Jeez, that's, that's, so we're doing 60. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't explain how he knows if he's gone down far enough, but you can use your own imagination. <laughs> yeah, his chest touches his the chest ground. touches so. the ground. <laughs> yeah, so do that. Let us know what you're doing for a week and uh, then see, do you keep it up for how long? Absolutely. Believe. Yeah, good idea. Get in a good weekly routine. We want to hear about it and we'll, uh, We'll give the shout outs over the podcast. I'd love to hear more of them. But until then, happy, happy, happy new year, everybody. Hope all the joy and happiness is brought to you this year. And me and Graham are looking forward to another solid year. Big podcast. year. Big year. Yeah. Big year. Big, big year. Cheers, Owen. Cheers, Graham. Love you. Peace.